Reaching Tax Flow podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome, everybody, back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast, episode 50 today. We're going to take some time and really jump into why businesses fail. So our guest today actually has a great approach to this, as he calls the three P's of why businesses fail. But before we meet him and we get into this discussion, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor as always. This podcast is sponsored by Reps Tracker. Are you a real estate investor who is bogged down with a huge tax burden? Real estate investing can open the door to powerful tax benefits. Reps Tracker can streamline the process of accelerating these tax benefits. To take advantage of a special TTF community discount, go to www.repstracker.com slash affiliate slash teaching tax flow and use the code IFG. You can look in our show notes or email us at hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. I am John Trapolsky here from the TTF team, joined as always by my counterpart with much less hair, Chris Bacchiro. How are you, Chris? I am great, as always, John. Great to be with you. So it's a good thing. Snarky comments continue. Uh, That is all right, my friend. Man, knowing knowing you for over two decades, I have plenty in the hopper. So before you actually introduce our guest a little bit for us, I want to point out one thing that he has that you do not which this is a this is very interesting to me i didn't know there was actually a degree which i believe is a is a master's in taxation science um or or something along those lines so chris i know you don't have that um at least that i know of so let's jump into it tell tell him who tell who's joining us today right well i we are very excited to have john neal join us he's a cpa um an author uh, has a lot of credentials, has a private practice in Wisconsin, and he is with the Neal Group LLC. He's also a um, member of the National Association of Tax Professionals and the American Institute of CPAs. Uh, so him and I are both a part of those organizations and part of the personal financial planning section. He's an amazing resource that we're very excited to have on. And, you know, yes, do we have a very uh, in profitable private CPA practice and um, true and in some other things that we've done well here. But I will tell you, I've had businesses that have failed. And just because, you know, we we talk about failing forward all the time. We talk to our families and kids about you learn more from, from losing than winning. So that's why this subject, why businesses fail, is really pertinent to anyone in the teaching taxable community. Because I would bet that either I know many of our listeners, many of the people in the teaching tax flow community are business owners, are real estate property owners, but almost, but if you are not, many of them have an entrepreneurial spirit and have thought about starting a business. So uh, John, Neil, welcome to the, the podcast. Can you give us a little bit of a personal introduction? Sure, Chris. Thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, uh, Neil Group started back in 1984. Uh, I got tired of the big CPA firms that I was a partner in, so I I went out on my own. Small firm, but uh, we handle a lot of of, uh, different kinds of things. You go to these seminars and somebody talks about, well, I don't know what this is, and there I am raising my hand saying, oh, I dealt with that. 
Um, so we're not we're not afraid to take on anything. Um, have some concentrations in restaurants, construction, um, healthcare, and real estate. And uh, yeah, work with anybody from the startup to third generation uh, companies. So we uh, we've seen it all. Excellent. Well, and that is it. Spurs a question for me right off the bat because we have we talk a lot about how businesses fail, um, and we're going to dive into some some ideas from John from John Neal. But I also want to touch on the as you mentioned, they're third generation businesses. There's a whole myriad of challenges for multi generational businesses that are passing on or transitioning, and those typically the biggest challenges are actually not financial. There's relationships, there's roles. Um, we're working on a couple cases in our private CPA practice that work with just absolutely amazing families and, and working through that, especially for the matriarch or the person that started the business, it's kind of like one of their babies. So Jack, can you kind of touch on some of the, maybe the keys for multi-generational business planning and transition, and then we'll, we'll dive into startups. Sure. Um, I think, I think first of all, um, the business has to be well run, otherwise it's not going to last that long. But um, you have to have uh, children or the younger generations that are interested in it, and you have to be able to get them. Uh, I guess I'll use the word trained uh, and get get them experience so that they can assume the the role of leader. Uh, in, instead of follower when the time comes. I know my own son uh, graduated uh, college in accounting, was trying to decide whether he wanted to be a CPA or a lawyer, so he worked for me for a year, and it had his challenges with you know trying, trying to train him and whatnot, and he finally decided to become a lawyer. And so you know, there was my succession plan. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you need to do it. I've, I have I have clients. Um, they started with me back in 1979, and you know I guess I'll call them the grandpa. You know, grandpa and grandma ran the company. Then they passed it off to their sons, who are now passing it off to their sons. And you know they. Uh, as I said, they, they needed to be, they worked in the business, uh, while they're going to school and whatnot and liked it and, and, uh, and are going to continue on and maybe their sons, you know, so be fourth generation, uh, will, will be running the business soon. Wow. And you, you mentioned something very important. The, the next generation has to take an interest in the business. And I feel like sometimes when that when they don't take an interest or when they're kind of shoehorned or forced into that succession plan, uh, things go things go poorly. I'm not going to mention any details because this is a pretty high profile business. But uh, at some point in my career, um, we were working on um, some financial analysis and some audit work for a big family business, and the owner of the business. Um, had, I'm not kidding you, between eight and 10 people from that person's family on the payroll, all making over $100,000. And that was over 15 years ago. Wow. Um, and the bankers and, and 
the, unfortunately, the business went under. And the bank, and the conclusion was, the business owner would have been better paying every family member eighty thousand dollars a year salary to never step foot in this business. They yep. absolutely destroyed it and ran it into the ground. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's something to that's something to consider. Um, what are some of the 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 tax um, considerations for transitioning a, a business? Because obviously. There can be a you could have gifting involved or a sale or um, you you know you could have potentially uh, seller financing um, bank financing but yeah could you kind of touch on that just for a couple of minutes sure um, as you as you mentioned different ways to do it um, the ones that I've been involved in typically involve just the the older generation giving their interest and you know, making a gift of their interest in the business to the younger generation. And with all the discounts and, and whatnot that are available, it's a, it's a good tax planning tool, you know, to avoid uh, having to pay either an estate tax or a gift tax on, on the value of, of the business. Absolutely. So for li- people out there listening, if when, when we, you know, we start talking about a state tax, a state tax exemption is, is very lot high right now. And um, you might have a value, you might, there might be a value of a business of, of X million dollars, but there are some IRS compliant ways to re- legally re- and ethically reduce that value using valuation discounts. Meaning if John, you know, looks like a John Neal is runs uh, the Neal group, uh, and they have, then the business has a certain value with them running it, with them not running it, it might be discounted if that might make sense. So um, 30,000 foot view. Um, so let's start, let's start talking about startups or let's say we're going to call the businesses in their infancy phase, three years or less. Uh, obviously getting even from year one to year two is a, um, is a challenge. But what are you seeing as the top reasons businesses don't survive that they go under? Well, um, when I was doing a little uh, homework and outlining for this session, uh, I came up with what I call the the three P's of, of why businesses fail. One is planning or lack thereof. Uh, two would be what I what I call principal or cash to run the business, and then three is process. Uh, they they don't know anything about running a business, so they don't do things that you should do. Uh, you know, so getting back to planning, I, I meet with people quite frequently that, hey, you know, I got this great recipe for barbecue sauce. Oh, Gosh, I'm hungry anyway as we're talking, John. We're recording this in the middle of the day. All right. <laughs> so so all my friends are telling me I should open up a restaurant. And it's like, well, what do you know about a restaurant? I don't know anything about a restaurant. <laughs> you know, but I want to be the owner and I want to you know, meet and greet people. And it's like, well, you don't realize that you get there at whatever, eight in the morning and you don't leave until midnight. Uh, and it's very factual. I live right by a barbecue joint here, 
I see the delivery trucks come in to town at about three, four o'clock in the morning, dropping off all the goods. And then I see employees start getting there about four or five o'clock in the yeah. morning and then start, start prepping food. Right. Yeah. John Neal makes a great point. John Tupolsky, we talk about this uh, on a lot with tax professionals and it really crosses industries just because you're the inventor, the visionary or the creator of a product or a service, or you, you have a technical skill like creating great barbecue sauce, preparing tax returns, um, welding. That doesn't mean you could, you, you have the skills to run a welding shop. Being a business owner is a completely different skill set than the technical skill that you have, if that makes sense. And I would put that under that planning bucket that, uh, that John mentioned. So, um, what about the cash and principal uh, portion? I know, you know, you've authored, uh, several books, which we'll, we'll touch, touch on one of them, the five ways to improve your cash flow. Um, but what would you recommend other than having a money tree in your backyard, <laughs> the cash or principal portion of it, not only startup, but also having some type of cash flow. Yeah. Well, I think you have to be realistic when you're starting your business. Um, again, when I'm talking to people and, and we start going through their forecasts, projections, and whatnot, they're like, well, okay, you know, I, th I think, now I'll, I'll use a smaller business. You know, I, I think I need about $100,000 to get this business started. It's like, great. How much are you going to put in? Well, I'm not going to put in anything. You know, I, sh I should be able to get it from a bank. Right. <laughs> yeah, you you don't have the money to put it in, and you don't want to take the risk, but some bank's going to. <laughs> Gotta love that. Now, um, and, and then also they they uh, underestimate how much they're going to need. You know, the person who says they need 100000 they actually maybe need $250,000. So they, you know, they get the hundred thousand, and then three months in, four months in, or whatever, they go, "Oops, mm -hmm. I need more." At some point, say like, uh, you know, was it uh, consumer packaged goods? Like you mentioned, the barbecue sauce, right? It's one of those. And I, in in a past life of having a marketing agency, we had a couple clients in that space, and it was the little things that they don't really account for, right? Like it's. Like you mentioned too, Chris, I think you had said it. It's, you know, an individual is driven by passion. So if they're, if they are so passionate, they think the whole world will buy into it. They don't account for, oh, wow, I need to actually get the message out. So they're like, I don't need any marketing. This is so good. Yeah. Everybody's going to come to me where ironically enough, we used to have a lot of really good connections with banks um, in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. And some of these banks would actually send us clients. Because they'd say, "Hey, look, we 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 basically looked at a business plan. Their marketing is not really up to where it needs to be, or their plan for it. Um, maybe you could work with them and develop a marketing plan, a true marketing plan. And that's you know, yeah. you get into you get in trouble because then it might get so good, and then they run out of capital again. Now they can't supply the product, and then they start outsourcing it, and then there's a whole win. But that's a huge, I, I love how you've developed those the three P's because they're I know we're on number two, but they are right in line with." What I think we've all experienced. Yeah. And and I've been in some seminars recently for you know practice development and whatnot. And one of the things that they hammer home is marketing is everything and everything is marketing. I always used to say yeah, word of mouth yeah, is a get your product out. Yeah. How are you gonna make money? 
Exactly. Your friends and family only go so far. Well, <laughs> undercapitalization is, yeah, it's a huge issue because you're, if you're $100,000 into this and you have nothing to show for it, but you still need another 100000 you're between a rock and a hard place. You don't, you know, so John, do, do you have a rule of thumb? Obviously, uh, you know, depending on the industry, um, it could, things, things could be drastically different. But from a capitalization standpoint, do you have a rule of thumb of, for instance, how much someone should have in reserves based on their monthly burn or how, you know? Or yeah, I, I'm I'm from the south side of Milwaukee, so I'm pretty conservative. I say at least six months of operating expenses in the, in the bank in reserve. Because mm-hmm. as, as I tell people, you know, you open the doors today, you aren't going to make your million dollars tomorrow. That would be nice, but I, of course, the third one I want to talk about is process because I I I have personally struggled the first ten years of my practice. I struggled, and I didn't know I was struggling until I was enlightened. But uh, but uh, um, I ran the practice based on me running it, not processes run it. Processes run it. People run the processes. So can you tell us a little bit about you know when you, what you're thinking of process and, and the third P. Sure. Um, process is, is basically, um, you know, the, the systems and procedures that you need to put in place in order to, to run the business successfully. And again, from, I, I forget who said it, but you know, it, it should be that your ultimate goal in, in creating a business is to be able to sell and if it's just you running everything, how are you going to sell it? You know, I'm I'm fortunate that I have a good team uh, that I've I've you know trained and and they trained me as well. You know, to, to get these processes and procedures in place. So, um, I guess I'll I'll it just it hit it entered it hit me right now. You know, think of McDonald's. Everything is there. I used to, I used to work at McDonald's when I was in high school, and they had binders and binders of how to make a French fry and how to clean the shake machine, and and everything just was was there in writing, so that you know if uh, if I wasn't working today and, and Susie had to work the fries, she would know how to do it. Great. So, yeah, the pro not only the processes, but what you're recommending is cross training of your team. Yeah, uh, because if we know one thing, is that that humans are not reliable. It is not on purpose. We just are not. Like, what if one of our children has something happens? What if our car breaks down? What if we don't have internet? We're unreliable. So we have to have that process. You have to be able to cover for people. Um, that, I mean, one of the things in our office that we do when somebody writes a procedure down is somebody else will take that piece of paper, if you will, in their hand and walk around and it's, you know, well, you didn't say that you got to put the key in the lock to unlock the door, to open the door, to get in the office. You need to add that to your, to your procedures. 
Yeah, I like having procedures. The worst thing is if my wife sends me a message, says, can you grab uh, detergent from the grocery store? Well, how about this? Take a picture of the one you actually want, and I will grab that for you. Uh, because I don't want to get the wrong detergent. No. Uh, but I love that planning principle process. I mean, those are the those are the three things. And um, for someone, I want to I ask you a question, then, then definitely get all of your uh, contact information so that if someone's out there looking for some assistance, they can, we have that available. Uh, but for someone starting your, a business, um, what are, what are the one or two things it could be? Cause I, I see people jumping into these, uh, these extravagant entity formations and flow charts and all this stuff, uh, before they have any sales. But, uh, what are, what are maybe one or two relationships that someone starting a business needs to have in place that they might not be thinking of right now. And then one or two things just to get started that they should think about as far as um, getting their their books and tax and accounting in order. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that you need um, for sure is a good accountant, CPA, whatever you want to call them. You know, some, somebody that deals with numbers <clears throat> so that they can check your numbers and see if they're within reason. Uh, that That's probably the most important. Second, um, I guess I would, I would say kind of a, a fan maybe, or a, or a, or a emotional support person just to get you through the, the hard times, you know, when I, when I started my accounting firm, you know, I had one client and it was like, well, where am I going to get the other ones? And, and so my wife would, you know, don't worry, they'll, they'll come, you know, we, we'd bounce things off each other. And maybe that's a better thing. Somebody to bounce ideas off of, um, you know, Hey, you know, you may, your family may like your barbecue sauce, but the general public wants it spicier or they want it sweeter or they want it less red or more red or whatever. So somebody to bounce ideas off of um, and, and get you back in reality. Right. And that's a great way to, to really start to close us up a little bit on this. I, I do, as we start to wrap too, I, I want to go back to those three P's, not hitting on any specific order, but really the importance of those three, which really stand out to me. So you have the planning principle process. Really, without any one of those, you would fall on your face in a sense, right? Yeah. And and yeah. and I wouldn't necessarily say fall on your face as far as for a complete close the doors fail, but even if you didn't have a process, you may be successful for a short period of time and then cap out and can't grow anymore. So that's you know, basically, Chris, as you had mentioned, the the example of, and I remember these days that you were in, um, of almost hitting a burnout a little bit and saying, wow, you know, it's, I can't even go on vacation or the business falls apart. So it's, I've seen a lot of people kind of fall trapped to their own success and, and really follow their own passion a little too far. But then I've also seen people that are, have the money tree in a sense, have the passion and have no process and absolutely fail because everything just starts to un unravel and then really you run out of capital eventually. Money is only as good as the 
the paper is printed on as long as you got it. But um, and really, really in closing, John, too, let's let's not forget if anybody has any of these questions, any of you've authored uh, a handful of publications, if you could recommend, and I'm going to put you on the spot, if you could recommend one of your books for somebody to pick up and thumb through, um, and this is almost like saying, which one is your favorite child, right? Or, or in your case, I know you have a handful of grandchildren. Which one is your favorite grandchildren? We won't ask that question, but the books, what would, what would you recommend to anybody? Um, not even somebody just getting into business, but just to pick up and really just kind of casually go through the content and take some notes. Oh boy. Um, I knew it was a tough one. When started, I starting in business. Um, I'd, I'd say the, the, the ways to improve cash flow. Actually, there's there's two. There's that one, and then there's another one, 57 ways to grow your business. Excellent. 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 Well, I appreciate it. I'll let you slide with, with escaping out of it and going back, going from one to two, but it's all good. Well, when you have that many to choose from, that's a good, good problem. Well, John, I'm going to dust something off uh, from that we, I, I, for some reason, I didn't, I haven't done it in a while, but I'm going to start doing it again. We always ask our guests, we're going to have our wrap it up with a quick fire questions. These are non-tax related. They're just fun questions that uh, we're going to hit you up with. And uh, so John, Neil, you're going to be on the hot seat, but I promise you these are fun, easy questions. All right. All right. So here we go. Uh, maybe Johnny, Johnny T will put a drum roll in before uh, when this gets edited. Um, I, won't, I won't do the audible one of me doing the drum roll. It's it's pretty bad. We'll do something. I know. I know. All right. Here we go for John Neal. Favorite vacation destination? St. Louis. Favorite sports team? The Packers. Hey, they're, yep, yep. I, I, uh, they've had, I figured that being in Milwaukee, but you know, maybe it was the Brewers, maybe it was Marquette. I don't know. You never know. Um, so, uh, are, are you a dog or cat person? Dog. And talkers on my website. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Income shifting to pets. That'd be cool. But, um, <laughs> well, in fact, my, as you say that my first book was, uh, titled best dog on financial advice. Oh, that's cool. How can, how can I claim my dog as a deduction? I like it. I like it. We'll have to check that out. Um, and favorite cereal. Favorite cereal. Captain Crunch. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Final hot, hot stove question. What is your ideal weekend? My ideal weekend. Oh, there's a, there's, there's a few scenarios. But I guess uh, favorite favorite weekend would be going down to St. Louis to uh, visit visit my two grandchildren who are down there and my son, and uh, taking in the the sights down there, breweries, the zoo, uh, Grant's farm. That's always a fun time. Yes, St. Louis is one of those sneaky places, especially for kids with the um, museum and and there's just a lot of cool things there. So. Thank you so much, John Neal, for coming on. Um, I learned a lot. I know our business, um, our listeners and our community will learn a lot. How, what is the best way, we'll leave it at this for, and we'll put it in the show notes, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Uh, two ways. They can call me at 
325-2040, or they can email me at j-o-n at n-e-a-l group.net. Awesome, awesome. Well, John, thank you again for joining us. Plan to not fail if you're planning on going into business and listen to this podcast a couple times. And if you have questions, let us know. And as I always like to wrap it up with, we will see everybody next week. Thank you, everybody, and John, for joining us on this episode of Why Businesses Fail. Hopefully, we all got some good notes from this. Um, Realistically, we probably all know somebody who has opened a business, potentially closed their doors, taken a break from it. Um, But either way, we probably know anybody who's an entrepreneur or, or possibly not and knows somebody who may have had a business that has not succeeded Um, to its full capabilities. Maybe you've identified a few things in here that you may know about that person. So we covered a lot. Um, Another great show, as always. Thank you again to John for taking the time to join us. Um, We know this time of year is kind of crunch time for any tax professionals out there. So the time is greatly appreciated. Um, If anybody has any questions or either their business, um, one they're thinking of starting, please feel free to reach out to, to John. We'll put his contact below in the show notes, but also to Teaching Tax Flow. Be sure to send us a message, any of those questions, shoot us an email, drop us a line on social media. We would love to hear from you. So just two more weeks to go, everyone, until we turn one year old and cross that one year mark of doing this podcast every single week for the past year. So we're looking at doing something special for that episode. So again, be sure to follow us on social media for any of the updates and a little bit of news. Some people may know of what we might be up to on the one year anniversary episode of Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. Until next time, we'll see everybody very soon. does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.